Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Janika, and today we are going to be discussing finally Married at First Sight. So I'm only going to be talking about last week's episode. I'm not going back, um, mainly because I don't remember what happened, but we're just going to be talking about last week's episode and that's it. So before we do hop into the episode, I do have some hot goss and most of the hot goss, actually all of the hot goss that I have is bachelor related. So first and foremost, Kelsey T. During her date, if we remember, she mentioned that she had a very strained relationship with her father. They did have an estrangement um, for some time, probably while she went to college. And she said the main reason was because of religion. And she didn't specify which religion, but it looks like some people have done some digging and were able to find out exactly which religion she was referring to. So, um, they found an article where she did an interview back in August of 2019 with Voyage LA magazine, where she said, quote, when high school came around, I joined a theater class and that's when I realized I wanted to pursue creativity for the rest of my life. At the same time, I was a full-blown Jehovah's Witness, and I knew the two couldn't coexist. So I decided to leave the religion and set my focus on attending California State University, Northridge. Kelsey noted that her very strict religious background meant she had to break out of men- out of a mentality that she had had for more than half her life. She continued, I was so separated from society, I didn't even realize it, and I've had to play catch-up ever since. From rebuilding relationships with family and friends to watching movies, I wasn't able to experience. Even to this day, friends of mine will ask if I've seen certain movies, and they can't believe that as an actress, I haven't seen some of the most iconic films. I mean, I don't have, I'm not a part of Jehovah's Witness. I'm, that's not my belief system. That wasn't the belief system I grew up with. But I think, unfortunately, we hear a lot about how strict the religion is. It kind of seems to have, I mean, I don't want to say that, but it's funny. I, I can't remember who it was that I was listening to a podcast. Might have actually been a reality case, be totally honest. And they made the comments of all religions start off as a cult. And it it's true, honestly. It really is true. Um, so it has that feeling because if she's not doing what you want her to, you shun her. Um, that's a cult, y'all. That's a cult. And that's not great. Um, everyone is entitled to, I've met some amazing Jehovah's Witnesses in my day. Um, they don't seem to be like that. Um, but we've definitely heard of stories where that is the case. Um, 
And that's that. So, I hope that, you know, her father, family can love her despite that, really. But, with that said, let's move on to the next piece. This is kind of like, not that serious, but, um, I didn't want to talk about it because I've actually noticed it myself. And some people have commented on Joey's eye discoloration and actually wondering if he has maybe an underlying condition that maybe he doesn't know about or whatever. So he's actually said, um, quote, the eyes thing, I actually am probably going to post a video a little bit more about that later and I can give some more insight. So clearly there is something going on that he is very much aware of. Um, so he said there is something behind that and I'll use the red space to be able to talk through that. So the other thing too that I thought was quite interesting, um, kind of alongside with that was despite any off-screen goofs or social media chatter, because it's been a lot kind of, you know, I'm sure a lot of us kind of know for one thing, he mixed up Gypsy Rose with um, RGB, not the same person, <laughs> not the same person. So it's definitely, you know, he's been getting a little goofy with people because they make fun of him. Um, but all of this is actually helping the bastards' ratings because they are higher than they've ever been in years. And the women on on his season are reaching social media followings at a rate that hasn't happened since Matt James's season in 2021. So that's as great for Bachelor. That is good for them. Yeah, they've definitely skyrocketed in ratings um, since I guess the Golden Bachelor. So good for them. Next, and the last thing I have for you, Daisy Kent, or Daisy Daisy, I love her, but apparently people have been fucking mean to her, and I hope it's none of my listeners, because anyone else out there who is making fun of Daisy, shame on you, shame on you, because here we go, she clapped back at a troll who commented about how she speaks, basically commenting on the fact that she does have a vocal fry, which her vocal fry could be from any reason. Either that is how her voice always has been, or it could be because she's unable to hear properly. Whatever the case may be, stop making fun of people. Like, stop actually, like, it's, oh, anyway. She said that usually I don't respond to negative or mean comments. Um. But she says that um, she has like received a lot of comments about her voice. She included a comment from one user, user who actually wrote, how can y'all listen to that vocal fry? Well, if, ma'am, if you don't want to listen to her vocal fry, then turn the fucking TV off. Are you okay? Like, I, like that's the thing. I'm not one who likes to comment on things. That's not my thing because it's just my personality, I like to keep to myself as a person who has a podcast. But, like, 
I just would never think to actually say to a person, oh, how can you listen to that person's vocal fry or whatever the hell else? Don't listen then. It's not hurting you. You took the time to then not only watch the show, but then go on social media and comment on it. You clearly hate yourself. Clearly you have a vocal fry. I don't know. Anywhere. Daisy said that quote, I know I don't have to explain myself, but I do have a cochlear implant, which is how I hear, and I can't always tell exactly what my voice is sounding like. I can't always tell if I'm being loud or if I'm being quiet or if I have a vocal fry or if I don't. She added, it's sad because when she realizes hurtful comments from users, it makes her think about the way that she's talking and she shouldn't have to do that. And she went on to say, and it is sad because losing my hearing and getting a cochlear implant is something that really affected my confidence in the show, all the producers, all the cast. It was such like a confidence builder for me and everyone was so supportive of me. She continued, and it's just like, I'm sorry, I'm going to lose the likes because you can definitely talk without saying like completely all the time. So, and it's just unfortunate that people online have to comment and stuff like this that make me in my head about the way that I talk and speak. Daisy added in the caption of her post that being a contestant on the ABC show was hard for her because she knew she wouldn't be met entirely with kindness and understanding. She knows that she's very thankful for the people who have uplifted her. She said, my voice is not something I can always tell, and these comments do hurt because I am human. Overall, they remind me how right I should be for doing something and sharing a vulnerable part of me. She went on to say, they remind me that the DM I got from a 15-year-old girl telling me that me being on The Bachelor gave her more confidence, inspired her, and made her feel less alone matters more than the people like this who try to bring down something I have worked so hard to build within myself. Remember to be kind. And again, we're all adults here, most likely, for the most part. And she, she, we shouldn't have to be constantly telling everybody, telling each other to be kind to each other. I mean, listen, I know that, like, Ellen DeGeneres got pretty, you know, controversial at one point. But one of her many things that she always said at the end of every episode was, be kind to others. So maybe that's one thing, because I'm sure, I mean, she wasn't always kind to others, but that's something we can take and we should be applying to our lives. Being kind stop being dicks. Just be kind. It's not hard. It's harder to be dicks than it is to be kind. Anyway, my rant is over. Let's off it to the reason that we are here. Married at First Sight, Season 17, Episode 18, In Sickness and Suspicion. So first and foremost, we're going to talk about Chloe and Michael. So they are back at home figuring out what's next. We're going to bring the pets out or what? It's happening. Like, what are we doing? But for her, 
she says that, you know, we've been at a hundred this entire time. We haven't had a moment of downtime or she hasn't had a moment of downtime. And she says that she's going to go visit her pups. But the difference is she is probably going to take them home and stay with them for a few days and not stay in the apartment. Now, right off the bat, I do need to say, her reasoning for doing this is because they, they haven't had a moment to process and all of this, and which is, I totally understand. I get that they haven't had a moment. They've literally gone from wedding, honeymoon, apartment, back to the, re- the, re- the retreat, back to the apartment. Like they haven't had a moment. I totally understand that. But you're married now. You, this is what you wanted. You're married. And sometimes it's not a, you're punishing him for something that is within you. And I mean, I know he kind of takes it somewhat okay, but at the end of the day, okay, I don't know what it's like to be in this type of process, trust me. And I am a person who is also introverted, says the person with the podcast, but I am introverted. I do like my space. I do like to be, I want to be in my own space and be alone, 100%. I want, you know, him to be off doing his own thing. I want to be off doing my own thing. I need that space because I'm like, I'm like a cat. I need my space. I'll come love on you when I'm ready. But, but you can love on me when, you know, whatever. Like, but I need that, that space. But I'm not going to like say, okay, I'm going to go back to my mom's or something and, and for a few days and you stay here. Like, I'm not going to do that. I am going to take the space that I need away from me, but in the home we share. You know, I, you have to learn to be comfortable with him. And I don't understand how this is the way you do it. Because you, you should not have that option to run off to somewhere else. Personally, that's that's my view. But yeah, anyway. So, yeah, she says she's going to do that because since they are pretty old, you know, that's why she doesn't want to, like, take them from one place, bring them to her place, bring them here. Like, she wants to give them a chance, right? So she asks, like, if that's fine with him, like, is that okay with you if if I do this? And it's like, you know he's not going to say, no, it's not okay. You know he's not going to say that. You're baiting him into a situation where he's like, what the fuck? I mean, even if it's not okay with him, which I don't think it's fully okay with him, but he is going to give you the space that you clearly need right now so that you can come back refreshed. Like that is what he's going to do. He's going to be selfless in that moment and give you what you need. And if this is what you need, then he's going to give it to you. He's not the kind of guy that's going to be like, nope, I'm not great with that. You know, he's not going to do that. But anyway, he is surprised and he does wonder, like, is this coming from a different place? Is she not happy with me? Is something going on between us? Like, is that why? And that's also human. That's a human reaction. But he says, yeah, go do what you need to do. And 
That is exactly the response that he was always going to give. Anyway, we see a video a little later on him recording on his phone or something, and Mello is with him, and, you know, he's keeping Chloe involved in everything that's kind of going on. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's basically that. He, he has Mello with him. I don't know if he has a cats yet, but he has Mello. So, in the next scene, we see Chloe and her friend talking. I didn't catch his name, but whatever. She fills him in on where she is at in the marriage and, you know, feeling very validated by him, um, that he, you know, really seems to put her needs before his own and, and stuff like that. And she tells him that I actually went home for a few days. And the friend asks, like, are you second guessing your, your choice? Is that why? Which that's not what she said. She said, no, she's, she needed to process, which we have definitely heard her say before that she is the kind of person that needs space. So I'm not really thinking, she's not second guessing. Are you kidding? We'll get to it. But she's definitely not second guessing her choice. But it's, mm, at the same time, I do wonder, and her friend does not help. I do, okay, what's this? Guess what? Um, so, but yeah, she says, no, she's not. She says like, you know, her and Michael are on the same page about things. It's great. But she does feel like sometimes he's not real because of how, because Michael is one of a million. There's not a lot of men in this world who puts their needs aside for the person that they're with. I haven't met a lot of, actually, I don't know if I've met any man that really truly puts their needs aside for the person that they're with. It's usually the other way around. And Michael seems to be the kind of person that really puts his feelings aside for someone else. And I think that a lot of that comes from just being around a lot of women. Because I, I think he said it was him that has like his mom, his sister, like he had a lot of women in his life. So I think like maybe that could be why. I'm not sure. But um, yeah, she just feels like he's not real, and she, um, her friend, sorry, she says, like, knows that she's been away from him, though, she really has missed him, so that's a good sign, distance does make the heart a little stronger, but, yeah, her friend, um, even though she said that she herself is not concerned by anything, her friend is, I'm like, oh, really? Please pray tell, tell me what the hell you're concerned about. And he says that, you know, he seems to be like a really good spokesperson. He knows what to say, who says the right things, and kind of wondering if he's being for real. I think that's basically what he's trying to get at. Like, is this guy for real? Like, is he really like this? Or is he putting his best foot forward right now? Because that's what you need to do. Okay, well, here's what I say. I don't know if this man's been in many relationships. I am not sure. But we all put our best foots forward, puts foot forward when 
we are in a new relationship. That is, we are all guilty of it, right? You know, little by little, that, that, you know, wall, or if you want to call it a wall, will come crumbling down. But I personally feel like you can only put your best foot forward so much. Your core beliefs, your core personality, all of those things really do creep through the surface. There's only so much you can hide. And maybe, you know, maybe Michael will feel comfortable at some point to put more of his thoughts and feelings into things. But ultimately, I do think this, this is who he is. I do think he is probably one of the best men we have seen on this show ever. So, I mean, yeah, I, 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 I don't think he's faking his way through his emotions with her. So that's personally what I think. Maybe I'm biased because I really like Michael, but you know, yeah. So Chloe's back at home and I wrote Theodore is so cute. That is her dog. He's such a cutie patootie. Anyway, the dogs are doing well with each other. We have all the pets here. We have Mello. We have her two dogs. I didn't catch the other dog's name. Um, We have our cats, Franklin, and the other one. I can't remember his name either. We've got all the pets. So we're doing great. And they are currently decorating for their party, which is the the theme of it is 90s dance hip hop party. Sounds like fun. So Michael can tell um, that Chloe is definitely recharged and that she definitely needed the time apart. So, you know, he is seeing the silver lining of things. Maybe he was unsure about it initially, which is fair. Yeah, he's definitely understanding she needed it. Then they get pizza for dinner, which is basically pizza with a cause. I guess these pizzas, like, when you buy them, they're attached to, like, a different, like, charity or something. And I guess it might donate um, a portion of the funds to that charity, which is actually kind of cool. So, yeah. So now it's party time, and apparently... His friends and her friends have become friends. They've been hanging out by themselves. That's cool. She tells him that she has been definitely overwhelmed throughout this. Um, but he has been there throughout all of it. And she tells them that they um, took time apart after the retreat. And he was there checking in on her and keeping her in the loop and she definitely feels recharged now, and we got our animals here, and we're doing good. And his friends, um, well, actually, his one friend, one, I can't remember her name either, but she keeps, like, side-eyeing, in a sense, like, she has, like, this weird look on her face, like, she's not impressed by anything she's hearing, which, if you are his person, right? And you're hearing that she had to literally leave the apartment to take time to herself. You would probably not 
take kindly to that. You probably would think that's kind of selfish of her. I totally understand that. But at the end of the day, his friends seem like, but actually rephrase that, both of their friends, <laughs> at least one person on either side, seems to be way too involved in this. It is their choices, what they do and what they what they decide to do going forward. It's between the two of them. If they are okay with how things are going through, you know, and the things that they are doing, then that is that's all that's needed. Nothing else is needed. Because that's the thing. I've I've learned my friends are my friends and I love them to death, but there are certain things that you don't talk about, that you don't bring up because it's between me and my partner. Whatever decision we make is between me and my partner. I might ask for your opinion, but then I don't want you giving side eye to my partner because you don't like something that both me and him decided on. I know, like, no. Sorry. These two people are way too fucking old to have their friends that involved in their in their life going forward. No way. I'm younger than them and I'm like, mind your business. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, it's no. But anyway, they're gonna go branching off. His friends talk to her, her friends talk to him. Um and she asks his friends, like, what can she do to kind of navigate, like, bad moments with him? Like, what's the best approach kind of thing? And they say, listen, communication is everything for him. There's no such thing as over-communication for him. That's amazing. Meanwhile, he's talking to her friends, like I said, and her friends ask how did you really feel about her leaving? And of course, he said he felt weird about it initially, and you know, but at the end of the day, like he's not gonna put he's gonna put her needs before his own. That's the reality of it, because me cares about her at the very least. But I personally think that her friend is trying to definitely dig for something wrong with Michael, and keep digging, sir. You can dig as far as you want. You're not gonna find it. Michael is a sweetheart. Leave him alone. That's all I gotta say. But um his friend tells Chloe, um, don't let Michael just um sugarcoat things with you because he can definitely do that. She's like, make sure he tells you what he actually is feeling because he might not be telling you the truth of, of what he's actually feeling. Um, so yeah, she's like, make sure you get it out of him. Don't let him get away with shit. And she's like, I'm not going to let him get away with anything. And then basically we're going to go unboxing in the next scene. That's his thing. That's his, this is home away from home. And he's actually kind of being her instructor, teaching her the right form, teaching her the basic moves, with jabbing, and yeah. And then he goes out into the ring to do some boxing um, with somebody, and she's like, "I am 
really turned on by swatching him in the boxing ring right now. Like she's loving it. Um, and, uh, he says afterwards that she says, oh, like, that was really great. Oh yeah. He looks so good. Like being like very mellow about it. And he's like, oh yeah. And he's like, these are his arms are to fucking die for. Are you? As a woman, I would love to touch them arms. I love, I love a man with muscles. I really, my, my boyfriend has a little muscle. It's great. But like, I love a muscle. I just love like grabbing their arms. It's so hot. So yeah, he has great arms. And, and then he's kind of like, I like this too. And he's like moving his body in a boxing form, but she's taking it at, oh, you're gyrating. And I'm like, okay so they're definitely kind of doing good there um but then she does bring up to him about like something that his friends were saying and how she came to the conclusion that my husband is also a people pleaser and she says me as a reformed people pleaser you know i need you to kind of say you know i need you to admit the fact that you are a people pleaser even though they said that you might not actually admit that you are. And he says that, uh, I may not necessarily agree that I'm a full blown people pleaser, but, you know, sometimes I do tend to end up pleasing people without realizing that I am doing it. So I think basically at the end of this, like there, he's kind of vowing that maybe I can stop doing that and, you know, think about himself and his needs as well as hers. That is it for Michael and Chloe. Let's go over to Becca and Austin. Y'all, my God. So there, we are currently seeing her at her place. She is not in the apartment. And she mentions how they were at some, like, some, I don't know, wolf sanctuary or some shit. I don't know. They're somewhere. And after the cameras left, he was buying some purchases, uh, purchases. He was purchasing some things from this place. And I guess she was trying to help him bake things. We will get his perspective in a little bit. But she was trying to help him bake things. And he ended up like mumbling under his breath. And she says like him mumbling under his breath is kind of a negative thing. And then when they were in the car going home, he basically made um, a comment where he was admitting that this past week had been tough for him, um, which I'm confused as to how, sir. You literally, I, I okay, but yeah, he he says it's been tough for her, for him. So she's not taking this very well, and she's very emotional throughout this because she doesn't understand where that comment was coming from because. She's wanting him to say, like, if there is something wrong, like, tell me. But instead, he kind of, you know, throws it at her. So 
They're back at the apartment now, both of them, and they're waiting for the experts to come. And he asks, like, is there anything you want to talk about before they show up? And she says, no. She wants to wait um, for them to come before saying anything. Then she says, I'm just going to kind of sit here and rest until they show up. Um, And Austin makes a comment of like, oh, can I come behind you? Like, I can clearly tell he's trying to diffuse the situation by using the physical touch, by trying to talk to her, get her to talk to him. I can tell he's trying to diffuse the situation, but... I also feel like it's a little bit too late for that because you've had moments to be close to her, to be physical with her, to be touching her or whatever. Like you've had these moments and you've completely botched them and you've made horrible comments for her. And yeah, you, you now are trying to, it feels, I don't want to say it, but it does feel a little bit manipulative. Because it's just like, you're trying to manipulate her feelings here. And I love that she's like, no, I'm going to stay in me right now. I don't want your influence. But because she, she does say to him, no, I'm, I'm, I'm okay right now. Just, no, thank you. Don't fucking touch me. <laughs> anyway, the experts show up and we're just going to dive right into this. So. Um, Pastor Hala and Dr. Pia are the ones that are here. And Dr. Pia, sorry, Dr. Pepper. I wrote Dr. P, but I meant Dr. Pepper, not Pia. Um, Emily feels that the communication has been kind of deteriorating for some time now. And she has been having um more difficult time that maybe she has been kind of leaning on to because she's trying to protect his feelings, yet he's not protecting hers. So all gloves are off at this point, basically. Um, she says that she doesn't want to hurt Austin, but, you know, at the same time, she doesn't want to be losing herself in the process because that might be what's happening. And we kind of dig into this. Okay, so it's called a wolf center. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyways, they kind of dig into that and what happened um, from her perspective. So I'm not going to say it again because she pretty much reiterates exactly what I said earlier. And he says, listen, so from my perspective, the whole baking thing. So for him, and spoiler alert for just dumb men. So basically what he says is he's making these purchases great. And instead of using... Like as a store bag. I don't know how things are in the States. If you still have to, if you have to pay for bags or whatever. Here in Canada, we do. We have to pay for bags. Um, and now we don't even have plastic anymore. We have cloth bags or paper. Um, so you, you know, instead of buying another cloth bag, if you already have one or Instead of maybe even using plastic, if plastic is available, you would just use your cloth bag or whatever, right? And he says that instead of using, like having the store clerk or whatever, bake it for him or something. Becca, God forbid, says, here, I have a bag. Let's use my bag. 
And he said that the bag was too small and that not everything was fitting in the bag or something. And I'm just like, okay, so you're getting your ego up because God forbid she said, here, use my bag, even if it is too small. And things, how are things going to get lost if they're in a bag? How are they going to get lost? Maybe you can't tie the bag up, but put it in a sense, but what I would do, put it in a way in your car where it's not going to fall over. But even if it, it does fall over, um, maybe put it on the, on the seat so that if it falls over, it falls onto the seat so it doesn't get lost as easily, like, or it doesn't go under the car, the car, the front passenger seat or whatever. Like, there are ways that you can navigate this. And I'm assuming this happened on the way back from the retreat to home. You probably have bags and shit in your car. Prop it up against one of your bags so that it doesn't fall. Like, it's just, this whole thing sounds absolutely fucking ridiculous to me. And, like, it's just, it's, it's so dumb. I'm sorry. It's dumb. And I feel like this reaction it has nothing to do with the bags of it all. It has to do with the fact that I don't know if he's into her. Because if he were to be into her, listen, look at like what we have with Michael and, and Chloe. Week two, and they are already like, oh, I'm turned on by her. Oh, I'm turned on by him. Like they're responding to each other. Maybe they're not doing like having sex or whatever. Maybe they haven't gotten to the makeout session. Maybe they're about to get there. I don't know. But they're, I feel, light years ahead of, of all of these couples that are technically still supposed to be doing this experiment. And it's just, I don't think he's into her. And it's a shame because they really seem to hit it off initially. But I just don't think he's that into her. And I don't think he has the heart to tell her. And because again, like if you're feeling rejected by your partner, that's, it's, it is devastating. And we're going to get to that too, because Dr. Pepper kind of puts it out there. So, um, he kind of says like also with the whole begging thing, it felt controlling. Oh God forbid. She kind of just like helps shit along anyways. Um, she says that you got really mad because um he told her he doesn't like being told what to do. I'm sorry, but um I wouldn't wanna continue being with this guy. I mean, it's not about telling you what to do. It in this scenario he didn't she didn't tell him what to do. She just said, oh, for here, I have a bag, let's use mine. So fucking what? Your small fucking little ego is really attractive. No, it's not. Anyways, she says after, um, you know, the fight, um, okay, maybe it could have come from a place of being rejected which it definitely could have. Her reaction to it could have definitely come from a place of rejection because he's done nothing but reject her. So then she kind of talks about the whole situation about um, the retreat and how he left her to basically sleep in a celebrity's bed. And 
his response to that, actually, before we get into that, I kind of went a little bit ahead, but she kind of maybe is accusing him of acting very differently with her on camera. And once the cameras leave, like, he's not as affectionate with her. And I think Dr. Pepper feels like, you know, Austin is maybe fighting, but she, Becca, feels deflated and maybe isn't accepting the fact that he is fighting, which actually I disagree with. I don't think he's fighting for this at all. I really don't. Becca doesn't understand that and she does not actually like, you know, she's she not, I don't think she, I, I also don't quite understand that. But anyways, Dr. Pepper says if to Austin, if a woman does not feel sexually desired, it can be very, very detrimental to a relationship. Which, um, yeah, if you're not, okay. If your woman does not feel sexually satisfied or not even so much satisfied, and I don't mean satisfied in the sense of satisfied with sex, but just satisfied with the amount of sex that they're having. it's a lot more different than when a man maybe doesn't feel that way because I think like a woman can blow shit up figuratively speaking but yeah I feel like we could definitely blow some shit up we're gonna blow this relationship all the way fucking up and we I I agree because I've done it (laughs) I've been that woman with my boyfriend that's like being real bitch to him because I'm horny but and then I'm calm I'm calm I'm great I'm I'm fine afterwards and I have literally I know that about myself where I've literally said yeah maybe I'm acting up because of x y and z and it's fine but I was also why like I've learned to keep myself calm as much as possible in case of times like that but it's just you know sometimes we, we are not calm. And I think Becca has been very patient with him throughout this, and she's losing her patience, and that's fine. Anyway, so yes, and then we got into the whole thing about him leaving the bedroom, wanted to sleep in this football player's bed, and all this shit. And he's like, well, he's a pretty big football player, and I really want to sleep in his room. And the experts laugh at him because it's fucking hilarious. Are you kidding me? You are a grown ass man. And you're more concerned about sleeping in this fucking football player's bedroom than fucking your wife. He's a fucking child. I'm sorry. I'm no. Mm-mm. Anyway. Um, Pasuel asks, like, was there drinking involved? <laughs> because it sure fuck sounds like it. Um, and yes, there was. Um, but Dr. Pepper says, you know, maybe you drinking often was your way of kind of preventing any kind of intimacy from happening. Mm-hmm, that's actually a really good point, maybe. Um, but he does apologize probably again, but, you know, she says that, you know, she... Sorry, no, sorry, rephrase. The experts asked if he did apologize for 
before what happened. And he said, yeah, I did. But Becca says, yeah, no, he didn't after a producer prompted him to apologize or I you know, prompted that whole thing. So that isn't authentic. That's not authentic. That's not the equivalent of, you know, something happening to somebody or whatever. And then that person apologizes on like the gram, but doesn't apologize to them. It's the same idea. It's not authentic. You're apologizing because someone told you to. Oh, that's not, that's not, not great. Um, so he definitely disagrees, as of course he would. Um, he just like, he does want to make, try to make this work. Um, but I don't know if Becca believes that. I personally wouldn't either, honestly. Especially with what happens next week. I don't know. But then the pastor Cal asks, like, do you want this? And next to Becca, asking you, Becca. And she says, well, you know, the conversation in the car is really in my head right now. Um, and it's hard for her to kind of look at the entire picture at the moment. Um, because that's kind of what Pastor Cal wants her to try and do. Um, but Dr. Pepper says, you know, since you're kind of in this emotional state right now, maybe it's best to not make, you know, decision making answers right now. Like maybe we leave this one alone for right now. Um, he tells her that he does want to make this work with, with her, but you know, you know, we'll see. Oh, no, sorry. He, so he's like, do you want to make this work with you? But, and Pastor Cal literally says, no buts. No buts. And he's like, he's right. There shouldn't be any buts. You should just want to make this work and be done with that. Anyway, we are at Austin's um, meditation place, or whatever the fuck he is. And they are in a hot tub currently. And she thinks that the meeting went well, you know, and he, I don't know, this is someone, I don't know who it is, if it's him or her, but someone says, I am second guessing things. You know, he is committed to make things work and, you know, she feels good that he's going to try and I don't know how long that lasts for, because yeah, anyway. Um, but that's it for Becca and Austin. Let's move on to Brennan and Emily. It's not a whole lot here with them, but let's get into it. So we're still healing, y'all. She's got, um, you know, a bag of peas on her face and she has like these wristbands on and, you know, she has a support animal, which is a stuffed animal. She's, she's, she's doing the healing. Another scene, she is awake and eating some food, but she's going to be going right back to bed to get some more rest. And then another scene, we are um, getting the stitches out. And she's got 35 stitches. Apparently, the doctor's doctor says that is the right amount. She's like, I don't know what that means. But um, we see them afterwards. Stitches are out. And yeah, all of the stitches are out. So in the next scene, we see that he has been 
taking on a lot of the chores around the house while she's resting because she can't do a whole lot. And she feels like he, you know, isn't going to go anywhere. And she feels like this kind of made them get closer. And, you know, she said this helps her trust him fully. And he says this kind of helps him trust her. Um, and because he knows, like, you know, she'll be there for him if the same were to happen to him. And who knew that a tree would bring them closer? Now, here's the thing. Is it potentially a little too late, though? It, that could be it. I don't know. But what a fucking turn of events if they were to work. If after all of this, they said yes on decision day. You know what I mean? That would be a weird twist of events. But anyway. And the next scene, we are with, you know, the experts um, via video and all of them. And they are instantly, you know, asking how she's doing. They've seen the pictures. Yikes. They, Pastor Cal says, um, you look incredible, but what about what's going on on the inside? Like, how are you feeling emotionally about everything? Um, and she says, well, it definitely was traumatic. Um, and she thought she could have died. And honestly, she probably could have. She was bleeding a lot. Um, she said that she's never seen that much blood, you know, you know, he hasn't really probably seen that much blood and he apparently doesn't do good with blood. Um, but Pastor Calvis asked, okay, Brandon, what about you? Because you witnessed a very traumatic thing as well. Like, how are you feeling? And he says like, yeah, it was traumatic for him as well. And she, and I, I have to give him this. She applauds him and so have I. I did in the last episode that we did. Um where well, I don't know if it's the last oh, no, it wasn't the last episode I did. But anyway, she it says like I applaud him because he was so calm throughout that. Because he was in shock. He was he he was going through the motions. He did what he thought he had to do. And you know, he was very calm in the moment. Like she would be there being like, am I okay? Am I okay? He's like, yeah, you're okay. While blood is spewing everywhere. Like he was so calm. He was so calm throughout that. And that's literally the way it needs to be. And he was really incredible. Really incredible. Pay myself for actually having to, you know, give him anything, but he was really incredible with her. Um, and he says, I know we talked about being friends, but, you know, that's just words. What? Who is this person? Oh my God. Anyway, she says that the accident has really changed their relationship. I'm telling you, if they actually make this work, I'm going to be shook if. Anyway, anything more else to say about that? Let's move on to Chloe and Cameron because we, Claire, Chloe, Claire and Cameron, can we actually have something to talk about? Okay. So because of both of them, Claire is with her mom. Cameron is here with Brennan. It's really great to see him and he looks good. Cameron fills him in on what's kind of been going on. I, can't, I wish I can remember. It actually sounds like what 
I currently have, what he has, except I don't have the flutter. I have the first part that he was talking about. The, what he has is more rare and it's probably actually even more detrimental than what I'm dealing with, but it does sound like it's what I actually have been diagnosed with as well. He says a lot of people our age, and I'm around his age, would actually get this. And and is usually probably brought on by stress or stressful situations. I I I need to catch what he said, but um, it does sound like what I currently have. Um, and uh, I don't deal with the flutter aspect of it, but what I do deal with, it can definitely kind of stop you in your tracks sometimes. And I deal with it. There's not a month that goes by where I don't deal with it. Um. But yeah, so he talks about that and Brennan asks, like, well, has Claire been su- been supportive through all of this? And he says, well, yeah, you know, she has. But he also says there's really nothing for her to support. Like, there's only so much that she can do. It's It's not like there's a constant injury or something that needs to be tended to. It's either he's home or at the hospital. There's nothing more that can really be supportive of, you know, which I do understand what he's kind of saying. Claire tells her mom, I want to be su- support to him, but he won't let me do that. And her mom says, which I said before as well, her mom says, well, first of all, she had cancer. So she's on from that perspective. And she says, sometimes when you have something kind of going on with you, you kind of tend to isolate yourself. And I think that might be what is happening here. It's not something that you should take personally. It's just something that he he just feels like he wants to isolate himself um, while he gets better. And yeah, Cameron says that he knows that she has been talking about him to others and, you know, and while she does that, her feelings for him are definitely maturing. And the thing is, is that when she talks to him, and I'm thinking, first of all, hey, are you asking him this shit while he is healing from surgery? That's not great. Not great at all. But she apparently will kind of say to him, like, what about you or your feelings maturing for, for her? And it's it's not. He says it's, 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 it's not there. And it could be, mainly the reason could be because he's been, you know, going through this pretty traumatic thing right now, worrying about his health. And I think the last thing he wants to worry about is whether or not his feelings for her are necessarily growing, right? Or it could be that he's just not an enter. So Brennan asks, like, do you think that she kind of wants to get back with you? And Cameron kind of says, well, you know, Maybe, I don't know, but while he's talking, the biggest thing here is we can clearly tell he can't breathe and he has to take a minute and he's like, sorry, he says, I can't talk for long periods of time, you know, so, um, but he thinks that, you know, it just wasn't working between them. And he says her emotional reactions also very much confuse him because even though they will talk about things, example, them splitting, 
when they actually have the final conversation and they finally have that, she takes it hard. She takes it very, she gets very emotional about it. So he's confused by also her reactions to things. So Chloe then feels that she has, um, you know, that he, sorry, she feels he is a wonderful human who challenges her, is great to her, and I don't think she wants to lose that. I think she wants that back. Um, But at the same time, she will say, but I don't think, like, husband and wife is the best title for them. And maybe it's not, but is being together what's right as well? Because I think she wants that. But then, which is also very interesting, very interesting. Cameron tells Brennan that if she decides to to say yes on decision day, he will also say yes because he would not leave her out to dry. Wait, and he said like he would stick by her through this. And I'm like, wait, what? Y'all haven't done the fucking experiment. But you would be willing to say yes to her on decision day if she says yes on decision day? That is the weirdest fucking shit. I'm so confused. I'm so fucking confused. But that's basically it for this episode. Next time on, you know, very quickly, Chloe and Michael are at a sex shop. She needs to get a new vibrator. And I said, girl, yes. And oh, they're definitely opening up and mm, okay Brennan I guess the uh since your stitches are out and you're no longer you know your healing process is over now I I'm just gonna say you're so fucking negative and I wanted a positive person she's like what the fuck um and Austin apparently left the apartment so oh god and then Brennan, Brennan and Cameron, apparently, according to Claire, have been going on dates. They've been double dating. Fuck them. I mean, Cameron can, can date because they're not together. But Brennan apparently is still supposed to be married. It's still supposed to be doing this experiment. So fuck him. But that is it for Merit at First Sight. So if you like what you heard, please rate review the podcast on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, don't forget that uh, you can also share us with everyone in your life if you really love us. And I do want to read those reviews. I'm definitely getting five-star ratings, but I want to read those reviews. So send me those reviews and I will read those four and five-star reviews on the podcast. Also, we're on every one of your favorite podcast apps, every one of them, including you can find us on YouTube at Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by going to either Facebook or Instagram at Reality Tea Times 2. You can also find us on Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, at Reality Tea Times 2 Pod. We also have our email, which is at realityteatimes2 at hotmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you guys. 
And we also have our new website where you can listen to all of these episodes. You can review the podcast on there as well. You can connect with me in any way, all the stuff. It's all there. And you can find me there at www.reality t times two, all spelled out, um, dot podpage.io. It's there. And don't forget, I also have my other podcast with my friend Mikkel, Next Week Podcast, where we talk about all kinds of different topics. We are finishing up with our Black History Month series right now. So it's been great over there. Um, but you can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps over there as well. Or you can also go to YouTube um, and you can go to Next Take Podcast, as well as our website, which is solo.to forward slash Next Take Podcast. Um, so yeah, there's, there's that. And that's basically that. And again, don't forget, if all of this information is overwhelming, we do have all of the links everything in our show notes but that is it for now guys thanks